0: Thank you. 30th, 2016. This is Urban Talk Radio 103.5 FM WNHHLP where you will hear conversation, information, education, inspiration, motivation from the American urban perspective. Urban Talk Radio is also being simulcast on New Orleans Talk Network, NOTN, an interactive media website that features 24-hour radio video streams, Article blogs and information on social living and current news and issues. Today on Urban Talk Radio, we will be discussing community organizers. And if you remember, community organizing became popular under President Barack Obama. Nobody actually knew what a community organizer was until he came out as a senator and said he was going to run for president. And they said, "Well, what have you been doing in the in the city? What what do what you did?" Besides go to school and, you know, become a politician. He said, well, I was a community organizer. Everybody, I think, I think looked around, especially black man, said, wow, that, that sounds pretty good. Community organizer. I'm going to add that to my resume. I've added it to my resume, people. Um, I'm a community organizer. Before Barack Obama, I was relegated to a community activist uh, or a community advocate, depending on the community that was uh, writing about me. I would prefer to be to uh, be called myself a community organizer. Then I have a shot at potentially becoming a president, a big shot now that uh, Donald Trump has become the president. So the door is open for everybody to get a shot. So today on Urban Talk Radio, I have two gentlemen on this show as a guest who they are certainly community organizers. They have done and forged, you know, through a lot of the issues within the African American Hispanic Latino community. What's very unique about these two gentlemen is because the community that they are a part of within the city of New Haven, which is similar to almost any urban city, what's really unique about their community is because it is a multicultural black and brown community. So there's Africa, there's a heavy presence of African-Americans. There's a heavy presence of Hispanics and Latinos. There's a heavy um, presence as well of Caribbeans, you know, folks from the, the Caribbean Sea. So um, y'all can figure all of that out. Y'all know who y'all are, Haitian and Jamaican and, and uh, Barbados and all of that stuff uh, where I love to go. Those are my favorite spots. So what's really unique about what they do is they're able to be able to communicate with all of those cultures? And if you ever had a chance to sit down with anybody um, African American, and then say sit down with someone that might be Haitian or Jamaican, you'll find that there's real differences. They're they're just not all black, right? There's there's real defined cultural experiences and perspectives as you talk to each one of those unique cultures, and you have to respect those cultures. And I think that's really at the heart of what they do. Um, they respect people's culture and they respect the origin and they understand, as they say, they understand the struggle. So this is going to be a good show. I already know. Cause they already started the show like 10 minutes before we even got online. They, they started their own show. So this is like urban talk uh-huh. radio. And then they show too. Uh, <laughs> but on the show this morning, I just want to welcome uh, number one, uh, my man, Dwayne Sparks. Good morning. Yes. Good morning, sir. Good and I morning. want to welcome Radcliffe DeRoche. Welcome,
1: welcome. How's that? i want to see Radcliffe. Right <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. All, All, right. Trinity, boy. Trinity, boy. <laughs> All right. So
0: listen, we're gonna start right off with the with the Thanksgiving deal. I mean, we're gonna we gonna start right with the Thanksgiving thing, man. Sure, you sure. you know, um I got the information on Facebook, y'all told me about it, and um you know, and I met up with y'all at the at the local store, and, and, and it was like
1: mm,
0: y'all like it was just like a mob. It was like y'all yes. descended yes. on the stop pad people pulling out pallets, and <laughs> you know. And, and let me tell you something. What I, this is what I really like about when we talk about you know th- this concept of our community. You know, um, I've gone to the stop and shop, and I've gone to sometimes stores in the urban sector. And you don't get the service. You know, people will be like, you know, can I help you? You know, "Uh, yeah, I'm trying to find, uh, yeah, uh uh-huh, whatever. But when y'all went to the store, you were getting, you know, hundreds of turkeys, 100, 150, 200 turkeys. Um, You had to keep getting people to go to the back and get stuff. They were smiling. They was excited. They were like, oh, hold on a second. I was in the back. I was trying to find a turkey. I saw some person in the back getting a big pallet with, and I was assuming they were turkeys, and they was excited. And I'm like, nobody gets excited about bringing out a bunch of turkeys to the front. And they opened up a new cash register for you, and they, and so I mean, like, the energy, the excitement, the uh, you know, this was like, you know, urban America full circle. You had people inside of the store, you know. Who were from the community, African American, in the you know in the community knew you, knew what you were doing. Yes, sir. Um, Some were finding out. People were very excited to see y'all doing it. Yes, you know. I, I think that you know from some of the where I sit, um, in a lot of the different roles that I you know do, people expect me to do that. You know, it's kind of like, well, we expect that from you. Um, so when I do it, it's it's like okay, but it had nothing. It, it did not have the impact. That I saw when people was watching you all do it. So let's talk about that. Well, from
2: my point of view of the situation about the turkey drive, I'm the president of the One Law One Hill based reunion in, in in New Haven, and our turkey drive that me and the vice president Pile came up with our committee, and you know our committee is is strong, you know so. We got together on this turkey drive and said, let's do it. And, you know, sometimes you think in in your community it'd be so hard to get people to come out. They show us so much love every event that we do. And I love you guys for it. And that's what we need more of, togetherness. If we can get more of that, our city will be a whole lot more comfortable because it used to be like that. Even though I don't want to go back in the past, but. We need more of that. We need more love from each other because we're getting older, and our kids are getting older. So, for us to, to to really get to know each other in our community, I think we need to come together on every every holiday and do the things that we are doing now. So, you know, I thank Shafiq for even you know inviting us on the show, and you know bringing us together because this is a chance for us to put our words out and let you guys know that we need your help because we want to do a lot more for our city, period. So, you know, and, you know, I'm going to see what my vice president wants to say, you know, because he's sitting over there looking handsome right now, you know, <laughs> Mr. <P-Lag. laughs> Good morning. Good morning,
1: everybody. You know, I'm vice president of the One Love, One Hill reunion. It's my This was my first reunion. This was my first lucky drive, and I so enjoyed it. I remember a couple months ago, my mother told me, feed the people. So I said, Ma, we're going to feed the people. So we said, we're not only going to just do a reunion, we're going to do other stuff in our community. So we want to do Thanksgiving drive, Christmas drives. We try to do everything to help out our community. We're trying to give back to our community. And not just in the hill, we would like to reach New Haven. And then further on, we'll try to reach Connecticut. We just want to spread our arms. And we just want everybody to come together and have that love and that strength and just give back. And we, we just here, yeah, we, just, we just trying our hardest and we putting our best foot forward. Was when Dwayne Sparks came to me, my president, he said, P, let's do this. Three months ago, I said, I'm ready. And I jumped in it. And, I'm, and anything I jump in, I give it 100%. And I started it, and we just, we had a hill reunion in September. Then we did the turkey drive in November. Hopefully we can get a thumbnails before the year is over. And we just here trying to give back to our community and to our city and let brothers know, yes, we can change for the better. So we are here doing everything we can to be the best we can for our kids because we are our kids' role model. Kids will follow us. We are lead. As Shaz Barkley says, I'm not the role model. Parents are the role, role model. model. Fathers right. are the role model. That's right. So that's why we need more fathers being role models for our kids and more fathers being the household and stepping up. So we're trying to be role models, not just for my kid, but for other kids. And we're just trying to do our best in our community to feed the
0: people. I'm Shafiq Abdusabar and this is Urban Talk Radio on today. Our guests is Dwayne Sparks and Radcliffe Rocher. We're talking about community organizers. You can join the conversation on Facebook at Bold Minds and Twitter at Bold Minds. You can also stream this show live on your smartphone or computer by logging on to newhavenindependent.org. Gentlemen, so a lot of stuff going on in, in our community, and so I'm For the listeners out there, when I say our community, I mean the African-American community, as I'm referring to. Um, And particularly, I like to expand it and say the black community, because uh, normally when you say African-American, you're just really only talking about a portion of the community. And the community that you'll actually live in or the neighborhood is is really a it's it's a cultural mix of African-American, Hispanic, Latino. Um, I need one of you or both of you. How do you how do you have that conversation? What makes you so unique that you can have a conversation or a dialogue that brings both African Americans and Hispanic Latinos community and the Caribbean community together on one accord? These are communities that are what people don't know outside of our community. Often, it's very hard to have a dialogue. You you call a, uh, somebody that's Jamaican African American, and they'll blow their top. Sure. We know that they be looking yes. at my man. Man, I know, no, Af- no African American. Yeah. Right? They, they will, they will, snap. Yeah. You yeah. know, you call a brother from Nigeria, uh, you know, uh, African American, and he, and the look is on. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, you get a Mexican and and a Puerto Rican in the same room. There's not a lot of dialogue. There's a lot of, you know, built animosity sometimes. So, how do y'all make it work? And in, in the community, how do you bring everybody into this this conversation? Well. From my, for me being in,
2: in all the organizations I have been in during my lifetime, Connecticut Against Violence that I'm still in, South South of my boy Kingsley, you know, I learned a lot from a lot of the a lot of the people that's in our community, and as me growing up in a a a cultural like background as Hispanic, Trini, Jamaican, it's like I I was raised in the cultures of every basically all the cultures because. I mean, even in the white culture. I mean, I was, I, I was, I went to Hamden High, you know, and for me, learning from the things that I have been through in my life, it's like it's so easy to deal because I'm an outspoken person. So you know, and my character, my character which is about me is easy. I love people, and you know, I love the joke, I love the play. You know, even though I'll be fifty next year, and you know, God has brought me through a lot, and I got, I figure like this, me coming up from a teenager going through the things that I have went through and seeing my mother being a a only parent and working hard. It's like, you know, I was in the streets and, you know, I did my, my dirt. I did good. I did bad. But now it's just wonderful. Now God is so good. And I give God thanks first before I give anybody anything. So, you know, and just like I said, we can keep building our people. We can keep building our people, keep, keep 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 um. How can I say this? We can keep the 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 culture of us staying together as one because we all grew up in the same city, in the city that I love, and I know we can make this city better because it was back when it was this city was blazing. We had everything in the city. And we need to get that back. We need to get that same motivation. I have motivation. I'm a motivated person. And whatever I touch, I'm going to finish it. Whatever I put my mind to, I'm going to finish it. And just to let you guys know, I got shot in the head back in the day. Everybody that knows that, you know, I was paralyzed from my waist down. You know what I'm saying? I'm back. God gave me back my life. You know what I'm saying? And I try to give back as much as I can to my friends and all my brothers that I know that have the same things and mind that I have. Don't be scared, because I was scared at first when I first came out. My first when I became a member of the NAACP, I was scared because you know I didn't know what to do because I was always in the streets. But now I know. I try to get back to the ones that have it, because there's a lot of brothers out there that have it. So you know that's why I have Pile, and Pile is my number one stunner. You know what I'm saying? What I mean by that is my best friend. We've been through a lot. So and he's been through a lot. We got kids. You know we try to raise him and teach him right. He lost his son in the streets. You know what I'm saying? So you know, all we want you to do, guys, to come to is just come to let's come together seriously. So you know, can you go ahead and you can speak. Um. So,
0: so before you go. You guys be running my show, man. I always get somebody come on my show trying to run my show. Like, hey, man, listen, so you go next. And d- hey, Lucy, you want to say something, too? Like, dude, so, so I'm going to just help people. So for my listeners out there, Pele is Radcliffe because they'll get, be like, well, who's Pele? I thought he only had two people on his show. He got four people on the show. No, it's only three, so Pele is radcliffe. But listen here, I'm gonna, I do want to ask you this, though um Radcliffe I'm gonna call you Radcliffe okay um what I do want to ask you you know as you're Jamaican
1: Trinidad Trinidad,
0: Trinidad. as a Trinidadian you know what's your perspective on it because you know because there's a lot of Trinidadian Jamaicans Barbados you know they kind of ride the wave a little bit you know what I'm talking about they just be like you know what I'm gonna be the smartest black person in the room i'm gonna let these folks do what they do because of their history it's a little different you know we're a little off sometimes because our history is different in terms of how we are in america how we came to america and how we survive in america you know and so sometimes uh you know the, the caribbean folk kind of ride the wave and when they feel like it then they reveal themselves and say you know what we should be going in this re- direction y'all Or you know what let me give my input you know what perspective do you bring to this? Because you, you're you you certainly um, you know it's, it's, I don't want to call it the icing on the cake, but it, but just you're that other ingredient that make the cake sweet. Right. right you, you know what right. I'm saying. So talk about that.
1: Well, Jafik, when I came to this country in '85, my brother, my mother brought all of us together. I landed in Fairhaven, so that's how I interact with <laughs> Spanish speaking people. So it was, it was new to me because I'd never been a wrong Spanish-speaking person. So I ended up in 545 Peck Street. Still remember that greenhouse. <laughs> I ride by it. And I was, I was like, yo, we got so much Spanish-speaking people over there. So it's like, I can't speak Spanish, so how can I adjust? So I lived in Fairhaven for like five months, and then we moved to the hill. So then I, I started to interact with black people, Hispanic people, Italian people, Jamaicans, so I, it was multicultural, but we hit the hill, so we moved on art street, and then um but that's where it all started from. And I just that interacted in, in the community and doing what I was supposed to do. And then um I just I just felt I felt at home when I reached the hill. I felt like this is my second home, and then I, we, my mother still lives in the hill. And then we lived in the hill. I ran the streets for a couple of years. And then I was like, then I lost my son. It's like six years ago, PJ. And I was like, I got broken. I didn't want to be here no more. I was like, why Why am I still here? That's my only son. And that killed me. I lost weight. I didn't know what to do. A lot of people say justice don't be served. I know a lot of my brothers lost their kids out here. And they come up to me and say, Pete, they still haven't found nobody. I say, I cannot say justice and be served yeah. because I was, I was served justice dude got 65 years for killing my son on Easter Sunday. So I can say the, the system worked for me. A lot of people say it don't work for everybody, but I can't say that. It did work for me. So it does work. True story. It does work. And so after I lost my son, I say, I got to make a change in my life. And what can I do back for my community? What can I change? And then opportunities came up. And then now we employed. We working, man, collecting checks now. Yes, sir. True you story. Know? And it, it feels good because now, and God blessed me with another little boy, 19 months old, Austin. True story. So now God say, I can't give you back, PJ. or give you back a little son. So I, I just got to do the raise my son in the right environment, in the right way, and be the role model for my son. So we start doing stuff in the community now, and I love it. I, it brings such a joy just to... I had parties in my mom's backyard, free drink, free food. But feeding the community is much better than having backyard parties where you feed people. And it's a joy just to know I can give back to the community and do stuff that people appreciate especially in the hill reunion this year some mexican people came to us at the fence when we was fixing up the tent she had four kids she said can i bring my kids at the hill reunion i said ma'am everyone is invited you can bring your children over here and the children had that smile in their face and they came in and they was in the bouncy house and we fed over 2500 people that day true story at the hill reunion and everybody was so happy and that put a smile on my face. And since then, I say, you know what? You got to continue doing this. Because I always ask God, show me my purpose. Lead me. What you want me to do. Now I know what you want me to do. You want me to be part of my community and feed the people as much as I can and give back to my community. And that's all I want to do.
0: If you just joined us today on Urban Talk Radio, we are discussing community organizers. You can join the conversation on Facebook at Bold Minds and Twitter at Bold Minds. You can also stream this show live on your smartphone or computer by logging on to Independent.org. Remember, Urban Talk Radio is also being so on New Orleans Talk Radio Network, NOTN, an interactive media website that features 24-hour radio, video streams, article blogs, and information on social living and current news. Today in the studio, my guests are Dwayne Sparks, community organizer, and Radcliffe de Roche, also a, a local community organizer. Gentlemen, I want to just turn the conversation just a little bit um, because as we have talked more about your involvement in the community and, you know, sometimes people ask, you know, say, what's the driving force? You could be doing so many different things. What I, One thing I, I learned coming back, after I attended school down in Georgia, I left New Haven, went down to Georgia want to get away It was the the mid eighties eighty five I left um didn't really want to have much to do with New Haven because there was a lot of things going on. It was the whole drug era. I didn't really want really going to be a part of that um I was you know so I got away, went to college, came back. Community was just like in disarray, and I wanted to do things to fix the community, but one thing that I found. After doing community activism and community organizing in the city for about two or three years, I noticed that community organizing, community activists was broke people. They was always broke, never had no money, never had no job, no money. You're running back and forth to stuff. People really seem not to really appreciate the work that you do it seems like you're always trying to meet the bill deadline yeah. and everybody else shows up when they want after, but they got, you know, kind of like a fat belly. I ate, I did out. Mm-hmm. I don't have time for this. And you're saying in your mind, how oh, you don't have time to do what I stayed up all night doing for free. Uh, you know, so um, I, I quickly after about two years moved into the government sector <laughs> as a, as a, a public servant uh, so I could actually get paid while I'm doing the work. True. Uh, but we all have different, things that motivate us and what we are hearing from both of your stories, you know, and I use the word compelling and that won't even come close to describing the experiences that you both have been through, you know, Dwayne, you talked about, you have been a victim of gun violence, you know, and often when our black men, when we as black men talk about, uh, you know, gun violence, we it is almost like um, we, we make ourselves a part of the story in terms of uh, we, we were also culpable, right? Right. Uh, right? You say, I was shot. And then somebody said, well, what was you doing to get shot, right? You say, my son was killed. And somebody says, well, what kind of father were you? Or what, you know, how'd your son get killed? You know, that kind of thing. But I put it in a different perspective. Um, you know, ha- having done work with the Brady Foundation against gun violence out of Washington, D.C., my people there you're a victim of gun violence yes sir right
1: sure.
0: you're a, you're a victim of gun violence so your son was tragically killed um you know and i was i was i was a, i was there I, I know that 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 incident mm-hmm. um which still um remains i, I know i'm actually know his mother too mm-hmm. um so you know, for me, that's a part of my community. That mm-hmm. you you can't separate yourself. You know, when you tell me that you've been a victim of gun violence and you you know you, you you're suffering still today, I understand that. Yes. I've never been shot, but I understand what you're talking about because mm-hmm. that's our community. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about that. You know, I just want you to talk about how your being a victim of gun violence has changed your perspective on the work you do in the community. Well,
2: I can say from me getting shot, I came back and I really, I, I I, really didn't know how to take, I was so depressed. I really didn't know how to, to really give back to my, not even my mother, because I was just, you know, I just felt to the point that I, I wanted to give up. And then one morning I woke up. And I couldn't feel my legs, man. And I was like, "Wow!" Like all the things that I've been through and did in my life, this is what it's going to boil down to. I'm gonna be handicapped for the rest of my life. And I just prayed, and I looked at the, I looked at the ceiling, and looked at the sky, and said, "Man, please, God, guide me." Or I, I, I just need, you know, and when I mean by guide me, we all need a helping hand. We need somebody to help us, because because the same way somebody held your hand to get you where you are right now I think we need to do the same thing with our community and the people that's in our community so for me from the gun violence that I went through and I I I I, I sometimes I cry because I'm here and you know and, and I just turned 49 and, and it's so incredible I only want to cry cuz I'm about to cry right now but it's so so different because I know you know 2009 had open heart surgery and they stopped my heart for 23 hours. And when I woke up, I was like, God, is just, he's bringing me through so many different barriers that I see that I have to change. Or I'm going to end up being dead so young that I, I can't even hold up. Wait a minute. Right, let take out. your time, brother. Let it out. Let it out Real. Okay, Little man cry. Okay. Like I said, you know, and I'm a little paralyzed on my left side. So, you know, I stutter a lot from the gunshot, you know, but I go, I deal with it every day because I know that God brought me back for a reason to get back to my community, to get back to my kids. Cause all the kids in my community are my kids. Your kids are my kids. Seriously. So we fight hard and, and you know, for me, my heart is in what I'm doing. It's not a game. It's not a joke. I take this really, really serious. And this is to all the brothers, Scott X. Thank you for the help. Thank you for all the prosperous things you done gave me in my life to make me do what I'm doing. And I, you know, I give a lot of people that you know that that's been in my corner so much love. Thank you, Huey, Hugh Edwards. I can go on and on. But you know, for me, with the with the with with, with being in the violence in the streets, it's real. So if you don't protect your get to your kids and handle your business with them. They're going to go through the same thing I went through, and I hope they can make it because we just lost a four-year-old <clears throat> in Brantford the other day. And, you know, these are decisions that we have to make in our life to say, come on, man, stop. You got to grab your kid's hand. You got to grab somebody else's kid's hand and tell them, come on, let's take a walk. Because everybody, all the kids in our community are not bad. They're not. So when every time I look at and feel my head, and take my hat off or anything, and I see this scar, it brings back so many memories. But I'm here, and, you know, I, I, thank, I thank God for everything that he has given me. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to keep giving to my community. I'm going to keep giving to the, the state of Connecticut, and who, all over the world if I have to. Because before I leave this world, I'm going to leave a mark. I'm going to let you guys know that. I'm going to leave a mark here to let you know that there is a God and there is someone that's protecting us, that's keeping us, keeping us healthy, and 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 helping us get through the daily, the, our daily, our daily, uh, um, our daily functions, our, da- our 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 daily goals, and what we have to do and put down on the table for the end of the day. Because you know everybody works, and you know, and it's it's, it's it's a lot of my friends that I wish that can come on the team, because the streets is over for us, done, they are over. Shouts out to Geno in Florida, I love you. I thank God that you changed your life because we've seen the violence too, Geno Pringle. I love you, and I'm gonna keep doing this. I told you at the end, we gonna get at the end of that. The end, the end of that light is there's definitely been no struggle. Remember that because I'm not going in the ground until I make sure that I know I did a lot for everything I've been put that I'm put here for. So you know that's all I have to say about that.
0: Pele. Now, I'm going to call you p because like, I'm going to keep it real. But I want you to get up on that microphone. True. Okay, because you be closing your eyes and you be like the Stevie Wonder on the mic. <laughs> and you be going in and out, man. and You be, you be dropping real, I mean, you dropping letters, man. Mm-hmm. And they're heavy. Yeah. And I want people to hear. Yeah. You know, your situation, um, sadly to say, mm-hmm. is not unique mm-hmm. to American society. The surviving parent of a child who was murdered through mm-hmm. gun violence. Yes. Uh, you know, there was a time and I believe to me, you know, that time for me was sometime around two thousand six when my little cousin was was gunned down and murdered, you know, just two blocks from my house. Wow. Um you know, and she was thirteen, no. you want a Cole. Wow. You know, and then uh, you know, we recently also my cousin Erica Robinson Fulcher uh, gunned down at the nightclub. Wow, um, yeah, I remember that. Know. Yep, I and, definitely remember and that. And so you Should know, think um,
2: we related? That's,
0: <laughs> probably, my, that's yeah. my cousin. Well, okay, we be family. Look at that, my yeah. yeah. that's my cousin. We Family. That's my cousin. Celeste is my cousin. Yeah, yeah, that's my family. Wow. Yeah. Oh my so God. we family. Yeah, you owe me yeah. five hundred. <laughs> <I owe> <laughs> so, so you know, it, it's uh, you know, it. I've worked with parents who, you know, for years who have lost their children. Yeah. I've known parents, Tracy Suggs, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Justin's. Um, mother, uh, Sonda, who was uh, Joanna's mother and and so many other mothers out there in the city, uh, particularly I have worked with um, some fathers Mm -hmm. as well and it changes you. Mm -hmm. They never look the same. They never act Mm -hmm. the same. They're totally different. Mm -hmm. But the thing I want to talk to you about, you know, for a long time, black lives in gun violence has not been a top priority has not been a top conversation. Not, um, and I know that I can verify mm-hmm. that people with some mm-hmm. spices. Well, you're talking about black lives matter. Now we am past that. Yes. What I'm talking about is grieving parents being mm-hmm. able to get the respect due to them mm-hmm. when their child is taken from them because yes. um, nobody plans for their child no. to be murdered. Nope. Um, that's number one. So how do you, what advice can you give To all those, because there's so many parents, you know, and when the Sandy Hook shooting, Mm -hmm. mass shooting happened, it really brought the other half. I think it really brought the other half of American society on board, particularly white America. Yes. You know, white America said, well, damn, Mm -hmm. you know, this is a problem. Yes. Where black America was saying, thank you for showing up because it's been a problem for us. and. You know, the, the the senators and the congressmen mm-hmm. and even the presidents have talked about, you know, how it happens on a day-to-day basis in our African-American, Hispanic, Latino, black communities. But what is not talked about is what message do you give to those parents, the same parents, the same fathers who sit in that same seat you sit in right now trying that. to get through what do I do next? Do I, do I, yes. do I give up? Do I do, what what do I do, man? Cause, cause that pain <sighs> that you feel every morning when you wake up, you know what I'm saying? That, that, that pain at the holidays, mm. you, you know what I mean? Sure. How do you, what, what advice do you, what, how do they do it? What's the, what's the recipe, man? The,
1: the, the recipe is we as fathers need to be involved and be in the household for our kids. We need to be there. Yes, sometimes we're not in the households, but we still got to connect to our, especially our young boys on these streets. We got to be their role model. We got to sit down and talk to them. When my son was still alive, he used to have him and at least 10 of his homeboys used to be in the backyard of our street and they had their own little table. We had our table. They had their only table. And I used to talk to these little young boys. Sometimes they used to come to me and say, P, so-and-so, 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 you know, I think I want to do this. I say, yo, why you want to do that to him? I say, you got lawyer money? You got bond money? He said, no. I said, well, you're not. You're not going to do nothing to nobody. You're going to chill, you're going to relax, and you're going to stop that beefing. We as fathers, not just going to be fathers for our kids, we got to be fathers for the rest of the kids. True story. Because I was father for my son and a bunch of his friends. And they used to say, P, I, I, I wish I had a father like PJ. I say, I'm, I'm your father too. I say, anything is bothering you and anything I can help you, with, you come and tell me. And a lot of the little young boys at my son age used to come to me for advice. And I always give them positive advice. They know that. If you're going to do something negative, I would tell them, no, that's not right. That's not what you do. This is what you do. Don't go and hurt nobody. And I used to sit down and talk to the kids. So when I lost my son, I remember that Sunday morning, like every day. He said, Daddy, I'm going to church. It was Easter Sunday. He said, Daddy, make sure you pick me up. My daughter, Sharice, shout out to Sharice, She was in town from college. And she, she said, Daddy, Sharice is going to take me but you make sure and come pick me up from church. I said, I got you. He said, Daddy, make sure you pick me up from church. And I went and I picked him up, him and two of his friends. We drove, dropped him off. Is he said, he's going to ride a four-wheeler. Never know, that would have been the last time. And I dropped him on his friends over I see my son. And I dropped him off. And I got that call. Cleveland was playing Boston Celtics that day. Could never forget that. LeBron was still playing with Cleveland. And my daughter called me, Daddy, Daddy. They just shot PJ. And I just jumped in the vehicle and I shoot over to West Division Street. He was already at St. Ray And I was all kindness. The devil was talking in one ear. God was talking. I walked down that street and I was just going sick on people. And then it woke me up. Holidays. The last five, six holidays was the toughest for me. Thanksgiving. Christmas birthday when those time come i cried, because i still cry i still cry because we hang out on these days and i cry so much because my son in here to enjoy these holidays with me yes i got a young son now but he cannot take pj's part but he, he, he healed some of the pain i was going through he healed it so what i say to all fathers out here We need more fathers in the households and we need more fathers to step up and make right decisions. We are our son's role model.
2: True story. What
1: we do, our son will follow. If you want to be a boxer, your son going to be, be a boxer. If you, you're a basketball player, your son going to be a basketball player. If you're a football player, your son going to want to be a football player. If you want to run these streets and be a tug and be a gangster, they your gonna son going to be, be one of a tug and a gangster. Right. So we as fathers, we got to set example for our kids and for our sons out here in these streets because we're tired of losing our kids to these streets and to these guns. So that's what we need, man. We need more of our black men. Sustain them also, man, because when a black man in his household, he will keep the household strong. And we
0: are the foundation. And that's what I got to say to the brothers out here in the streets. If you're just joining our show today on Urban Talk Radio, we're discussing community organizers. If you missed any part of this broadcast, you can log on to newhavenindependent.org. Also remember that Urban Talk Radio is being simulcast on New Orleans Talk Radio, NOTN, an interactive media website that features 24-hour radio, video streams, article blogs, information on social living, and current news issues. So, gentlemen, you've accomplished, seems to be a lot, you know, and one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show today and I think it's important especially when you're we're talking about radio and we're talking about urban talk radio because your perspective that you bring is often not heard on mass media it is not something that you can turn on the channel and it it made it high on the priority list. You know, you would have to have been a retired somebody from somewhere or an actor or, you know, somebody (laughs) allegedly famous that somebody made famous. Right. right. Um, But I think that, you know, our communities can no longer wait on those type of individuals or we can't wait on another community or another ethnic group or another culture to prioritize our priority in these particular type of communities, african American, Hispanic, Latino, et cetera. So that's why I want to have you on the show. I think, I think your message is important. Uh, as, as we said at the beginning of the show, you know, all three of us sit here, um, but I'm sure that more people identify with where you are than where I am. You know, it doesn't mean that I don't identify, obviously. Right, right. But, but we have to reach people. You know, we have to reach people so that we can teach people and move them forward. So I commend both of you, uh, you know, a, a word that's often not used for you, which is your bravery, being brave. That's that's bravery. Yes. You know, um, that takes that takes strength. That takes courage to, um, you know, we say that we are the sum of all of our experiences. And yet your experiences have not come to Ahead yet, I mean you're still experiencing yes. things, yes. and you know ahead. I go back again because community organizing is very easy. You you don't get no money. Um, it's a thankless job. Nobody often people talk about you. You know, you trying to help folks, they turn around, they talk a bit, man, man yeah. that was a small turkey. <laughs> <Yeah>. True story. <laughs> yeah. Right? Why yeah. the turkey frozen, man? They told me the turkey was going to be frozen. Yeah. Why didn't y'all cook the turkey, mm. man? Well, I couldn't get two. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't mm. get two. We're stuffing. Mm. <laughs> you mm. know, I'm supposed to open it. So, right, we get that. We get that. And we, sure. and we shrug it off as saying, you For know, sure. For sure. Uh, you know, no problem. Uh, and obviously it's not going to stop you from doing what you're doing why no, no. because Driven. you now got a, to- a toy drive going on mm-hmm. yes right yes. so let's talk about the next event let's talk about the next event as we as we shut this show down well the next what's event, next
2: the, the next event we are trying to do a toy drive you're gonna be Santa toy- Claus yes <laughs> I'm gonna try to be Santa Claus but listen guys if you can donate to us because the whole thing is to give back and you know I don't I'm not you know, and let me tell you, explain something to you guys. For the Hill Reunion, I went around and walked, talked. This this is my first, this was my first organizing uh, by myself because I've been down with a lot of organizers. And, you know, this is something that I, I, I took on and I got a committee and put it together. Let me tell you, it's so hard to get money from out your community mm-hmm. to give back. Oh, my God. So let me ask
0: you this. So, how <laughs> many.
2: Toys do you need?
0: Well, if
2: I can get two thousand toys, <laughs> that's my my goal is a thousand toys if So, we so get where
0: it. where should they drop off toys? If they're gonna bring you toys, where where should the toys go? Tell them. Um, what would you want the toys dropped off at? Uh,
2: we, we
1: can drop them off in the substation in, in in the hill. In the hill.
0: And and yeah, in the hill
1: Outreach
2: center in the hill that we Outreach did the turkey that, that drive at.
0: Okay, what's the address there? Um
2: two
1: fifty four.
0: 254 Congress
2: Avenue. Congress Avenue. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or either you could drop them off to me, 390 Sherman Avenue. Okay. And how about is there a contact number you want to share? Yes, with- sir. Contact number is 203 675 6321 435. No, 203 Two zero three four three five zero zero one five. That's the vice president's so, number. So the toy drive is when? When is it? Is we didn't make a date. We, make we a didn't plan. make a date yet. For going to be it. in December. It's going to be in December though. Okay. We didn't make a date and because what's
0: the ages of the kids. Um, you
2: know, the... three,
1: three to three to three to, 12, three to fifteen. Yeah, three. Yeah. Yeah, like
0: that. Three. Yeah. To, yeah. Okay. yeah. All right. That's good. Mm-hmm.
2: But you know, you know, guys, come on out and, and you know donate Support. because without money. We can't do anything, right? We can't seriously, do alone, yeah. can't do. We can't do it by ourselves. Stuff. We can't do it by ourselves, and you know, I, if we can, if I had a million dollars right now, I would. I, would, I we would feed everybody, everybody. Yeah. seriously. Yeah. So, and all the kids will have coats and, and toys. That's what we do. Well, I'm mm-hmm. asking you guys in our community, please come out. Give me a call. Mm-hmm. My name is Dwayne Sparks. I'm the president. 203-675-6321. Hit me up if you want to be if you want to participate in this and toy drive. And I hope that I, it's, it's successful. Like everything else we do, because mm-hmm. we are motivated. Hey,
0: I'm a, I'm a, I'm a close out with you. Okay. And, um, you know, we're getting ready to go into the winter season. Things kind of die down. Mm-hmm. Spring is going to come. We're going to go into 2017. What What do we need to be doing for 2017 for our community?
1: Um, what, what I want to do for our community is we got to stop the violence in our community.
0: How do we do that?
1: We got to bring everybody to the table. If I got to go to every hood and have meetings in every neighborhood, bring all of the doozo out here running these streets, y'all know me. You're, cause I've been in the hill for 30 some years. And we can sit down and we can talk. What's causing this problem? Because I'm tired. Of losing brothers in the neighborhood. I lost my son. I was well. Nobody has lost their son. So if we can go to the Ville. The Hill. Fairhaven. Brookside. And have community meeting with all the dudes. We sit down around this table. And we're going to discuss. We got to stop this right now. Because we talk talking about Black Lives Matter. But let's start it from right here. In our city. Let's stop this violence right here right now. And I will come to every neighborhood and sit down and have talked to everybody. What we will do to stop this violence? But killing each other for blocks and drugs, the gangs and all that stuff, killing for colors—that's that's that—that's all that, that's out of the way. Ain't no colors. We ain't in Cali, we ain't in Chicago, true story. We in New Haven. We go to the same school. We go to the same grocery stores. We go to the same churches. We know everybody. So all that Cali, g- that will on flying them colors. It's come together as
0: one and be one and be strong.
1: That's what it is.
0: If you just join us today on Urban Talk Radio and if you miss any part of this broadcast, you can log on to newhavenindependent.org. Today our guests on the on the show is Dwayne Sparks, community organizer and Radcliffe de Rocher, community organizer. And I just want to thank both of you gentlemen coming on the show today and sharing your story with us. Thank you for uh, inviting us. Thank you, know, you for bringing We really, really appreciate it. And, you know, uh, you, know, you share it at a, at a, at a, certainly at a heartfelt level, and I respect that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and I know that anybody that's out there that's listening to this show or that will listen to this show certainly will identify with everything that you've talked about on the show today. Sure. So uh, just remember Urban Talk Radio airs every Wednesday at 9 a.m., Keep current on our latest shows and show schedules. You can log on to our blog at boldminds.co. And remember that Urban Talk Radio is also being simulcast in New Orleans. I give a shout-out to my brothers out there, New Orleans, African, Bambada, as well as my brother, T.C. Islam, who is actually from New Haven. True story. Sure we up, TC. grew up together, and <laughs> I just saw him a couple of months ago. So he's out there. He's doing that work, man. I knew the kids since... We was, we was young, and he's, he's never stopped. So we appreciate everything that's happened out there as well in New Orleans. So to my producer, we're ready to go off air. And I'd like to thank the listeners out there. Thank you for tuning in to Urban Talk Radio. And as James Baldwin said, the place in which I'll fit will not exist until I make it. God bless. For real. Bless. Respect. Mm-hmm.